0: To the roma
1: press podcast with john solano hello everybody welcome back to another edition of the roma press podcast i am roma press editor john solano i hope you all are doing so so well today so this is obviously the the finale so to speak uh the finale episode of the 2018 2019 season But before I bring Andy on, I first have to acknowledge our wonderful patrons over at Patreon. If you would like to become a supporter and an official patron of the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash romapress or go to the support page at the top of uh, romapress.net and you can become a patron. And by doing so, you could get uh, early access to the podcast. You can even get extra episodes of the podcast and and by doing so, you allow us to continue to do this uh, this thing here that we have, the website, the podcast. As I said, I feel like we've just scratched the surface of, of what I envision this turning into. So thank you again to our wonderful patrons. It means so, so much. And also, before, again, just before I bring Andy on here, I have to thank everybody who has listened, who has left a rating, whether it's on Spotify, whether it's on iTunes, and to anybody who's done something as little as uh, retweeted an article from the website, it truly, I, I, I can't tell you, this This whole thing started off as a Twitter account. Gosh, it's almost 2020, which is scary to think. Um, in 2011, so we're going on almost a decade of doing this. It started out as a simple Twitter account tweeting out uh, news, and now we have a website, we have a podcast, we have wonderful guests who appear on here on a regular basis and it's just this thing is growing to a point where I just never could have believed it and I'm so so blessed I'm I'm enjoying every every podcast I get to record whether it's just me whether it's Andy and myself I I can't tell you how much I truly truly enjoy it so while the season is over we're still going to be doing regular episodes but I just wanted to take this moment to thank everybody who listens because again without you none of this is possible. And the feedback we have gotten has been just so overwhelming. And I it, it truly, I, I I may not mention it as often as I should, but I, I truly want to express that, that the feedback and the support that we are given from you guys means absolutely everything. So I just wanted to take a moment to say thank you. Um, it means a lot. It means so, so much. So let me bring Andy on now. We discuss, obviously, the season. We do the player ratings. Um, it takes stock of of the 2018-2019 season. So here is Andy now. All right, everybody. Andy is here with me now to discuss the finale, the end of the season for Roma as they put the final piece of the chapter in the book that was the 2018-2019 season. As they beat Parma two to one, so Andy, will I? I mean, it's utterly pointless to discuss the match. Roma finishing a uh, Europa qualifying position. De Rossi leaves a lot of storylines? But before we get into the summary of the season, just very briefly, what did you think of the uh, send off that Roma gave to Rossi? Uh, was it a fitting goodbye,
0: in your opinion? Yeah, I I don't know about you, but, you know, maybe it was because we weren't playing for anything. Uh, Meanwhile, uh, in Totti's game, Totti's final game, we were actually playing for a Champions League spot till the very last second with Napoli. Uh, and so yesterday, I just felt it. I, I felt much more relaxed, and I I appreciated the, the the whole thing much more than I actually appreciated Totti's farewell. And um, it just it just seems it, it seems so fitting. Um, it seemed I I liked the fact that there was no speech. Uh, I also liked the just the fact that you know. Y- y- it was all it was it was not about de Rossi, but it was more about his legacy and the fans and and uh, I mean the guy uh, was smiling he was smiling a lot, you know and um which is we, you could see him getting watery eyes and 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 uh, whatnot but at the same time, he was he was one of the few who wasn't actually sobbing or, or you know, or, or just openly crying. Uh, he was actually smiling for a big chunk of it. And it was very hopeful. And I liked it. And it was simple but effective. And it was very romantic. And, you know, it's one of those things that it's... It, 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 you know, it's at times like these that I know why it's worth cheering for Roma. And um, it's like, you know, this is a club that hasn't found a way to win anything in over a decade. And, and you know, we we've suffered more debacles than actual like sort of trophies in recent times and everything. And this season, this campaign comes to an end, and we've had all sorts of misfortunes. But at the same time, the last day, we we somehow managed to turn the farewell of a legend into a sweet uh, celebration, and that's all it's about, you know. And it was it was beautiful. It was it, it was the moment where where, where Ranieri uh, uh, sort of started wiping his his tears from his cheek uh, uh, as the Curva saluted him and thanked him for you know for. The service for for helping out Roma in such a difficult position, and the moment when when Pellegrini hugged De Rossi and they they just held each other for a long time, and and the way Florenzi it seemed like he had all the weight of Rome on his shoulders when they embraced, and it was sort of like the passing of the torch. And then you know the embrace of of Bruno Conti and Totti and then Ranieri and Pellegrini and Florenzi all together. It was it was about that. It was fitting. It was it was it was it was a tribute to what it means to be a Roma fan. And nothing says it better than that moment where De Rossi took his youngest son and picked him up and put the scarf around his neck, and then he pointed at the the curva and and said see sì, see sì, this is roma questa è la roma and uh, and that's all it is it was it was just beautiful
1: yeah i agree and you you took the words right out of my mouth with the this is why we us support roma this isn't juve this isn't madrid this isn't uh, manchester united this is this is a very different club things things work, <laughs> things work differently here we we appreciate different things. And and I think yesterday was the perfect embodiment of sort of why we do this, why we put ourselves through so much at times. It's for feelings like yesterday. It's um it was very, very beautiful. I thought it was aptly done. I don't want to get into the why was this decision made. I, I don't want to debate about see De departing anymore. Um but what I want to discuss with you very briefly before we sort of get into uh, the season review, what did you make of Palotta not being there? I thought it was a problem, but as many pointed out, they said uh, his presence could have uh, potentially taken away the attention that De Rossi so aptly deserved. So, which which side of that do you? do you think do you think he should have been there and it was disrespectful as i do or do you think it was you know what let the rossi have his moment and let's not take anything away from
0: him i mean i i see both sides of the conflict and I, I i i listen i enjoyed thoroughly the last night and i think it was also in part due to the fact that uh the booing was um was only to an extent. Only initially, they booed Palotta and they insulted him and whatnot. And um, had Palotta been there, it would have taken away a lot of the magic, a lot of the simplicity. It was because yes, it was just. It was just about the farewell of of De Rossi and Ranieri. It was just about that. And to add Palotta into the mix, rightfully so, because you know, club president. Uh, he, he, he mistreated a legend, sort of mishandled this this whole situation. So he he should have uh, been there. But at the same time, I don't know it would if it would have made a difference to De Rossi. Uh, I I think I can only speak personally if that I think it would have taken a lot away, as it I thought took a lot away from Totti's goodbye, because every single time. Totti interacted with Palotta on that day, or even Spalletti. Remember, they they got they got completely booed off the pitch. Um, when 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 Totti hugged Spalletti and then hugged Palotta, it was just. I understand because what's right is right. A, A club president should be present at least in these incredibly important moments especially on a, on a on a in an environment and on a stage like Roma where we truly value these few special moments and um and he wasn't but I, you know I think of, of 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 that whole uh moment where De Rossi went and and sort of hugged everybody and then Uh, And then he started walking across the stadium. And then I remember what it looked like with Totti, which was moving, yes, but there was sort of this constant cloud looming over our heads that whenever Palotta was on camera, there would be boos, there would be jeers, whatever. And um, and last night, it was perfect as it was for me.
1: Yeah, I again, I, I could see both sides of the argument. I do think he should have been there um i also think he should have said a lot more we we so we were told a few days ago that he was going to say something today i didn't think it would be so brief um he basically think that Agneri, uh was was happy about the uh the the ex uh the, the goodbye that that was given so I, I thought he should have said way more uh hopefully we we hear something from him in the coming days but so now it's it's over Roma they uh, they finished 6 as i said Europa League qualifying position and the great thing is while many will debate us on these ratings on the entirety the the great thing about this season is there's no disagreement about it everybody it, agrees it was shit it, it was, was terrible shit, yes it, it, terrible far below expectations now we can we can agree as to what the primary purpose of that was? I've seen people saying it was Mercato. I've seen people saying it was Monchi. I've seen people saying it was Di Francesco. The players, whatever that is, we can debate that. But the, the nice thing is, even even in the season when when uh, Roma would finish uh, eighty seven points, still finish second place. I mean, we would debate if it was a good season, bad season, uh, bad season because we don't win a trophy, good season because we uh, we have an inc- incredible. Uh, league campaign. So the great thing about this is, uh, no matter the ratings that you and I give for any player, doesn't matter. We all agree in the entirety, this season was horrific, a nightmare. Uh, Whatever adjective you decide to use, we all agree. There's nobody who's going to walk away after this season and say, oh my gosh, clap their hands and say, "That that was great from Roma. I mean, we all agree that this was terrible. So there's no point in bickering in my opinion uh and debating the smaller things like uh, florenzi should be a, a a six instead of a five and a half things like that so let's get into this now knowing full well that again this is just <laughs> such yeah. a minor detail on the entirety of the season because I, I i do think truly all of those things combined into one are what made this season the season um do I think Monchi played a part? The Mercato? Of course. Diefen Duh. Uh, the players? Obviously. So, Andy, maybe you disagree, but do you think it was just one thing that contributed to this bad season? Or is one person at fault? Or do you think this was just a recipe of many, many bad ingredients combining to make this just nightmare? Yeah, a I, I,
0: yeah it's the latter. Definitely, it's the latter. Because um, if if a team... If a team that reaches a certain level of success, uh, such as in this case, the sem- Champions League semifinal, the recipe for a disaster of the following season is the seasons that, that we've just witnessed from Roma. This is the way to mishandle completely a, a great opportunity for growth, a great opportunity for reconstruction, a great opportunity to sort of Aspire to do something more um, because, thanks to that, to that you know sort of unexpected comeback, unexpected, um, just unexpected showing in the Champions League as the underdog, we gained a lot of uh, you know fans. You can argue if that matters, uh, social media fans, whatnot, uh, the brand. But then you go on and 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 pull off a, a season like this one and all the wheels start falling apart so there is no one single uh, uh, evil force behind this it's it's just bad 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 on all sectors it's 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 just bad management uh, bad coaching bad transfer market bad attitude from players um no existing sort of game plan no mentality nothing and uh, this is what you get and um we should actually consider ourselves lucky that we sort of squeezed in um because i saw a lot of teams that didn't get in or teams like that even got relegated like empoli who i could see more football uh, being played by those teams than roma and that's a big indictment on everyone uh in this club
1: so there's a lot of things that we can point to i um yeah, well let's just get into the ratings because then this is gonna this pot tra- or the track, this podcast will go off the rails and we'll have a thirty minutes debate about who is at fault. So let's do our player ratings. We'll start with defense, midfield, attack. So let's start at the back. Let's start with the goalkeeper position. This is one I think everybody would agree on. So we've got Olsen, Mirante, Fusato. You can't give a rating to the latter. He didn't make a single appearance, although many called for him, which I found interesting. After Olson was uh, not showing his very best, but what would you give Robin Olson, Andy? I gave him a
0: four. Mm-hmm. I, I also gave him a four, and and it's and it's because um, because he at first he he was doing something. You could see him doing something, and make mistakes yes but but grow into something sort of you could see that maybe 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 something was was coming along uh and but then it just fell apart and the whole trick the whole sort of spell i remember we recorded a number of episodes where we said well he was one of the very best or you know I mean do
1: we remember um I think we recorded right after but uh the Madrid match when Roma lost 3 to 0 I mean if it weren't for Olsen it, it could have been another 7 to 1 if you think about it I mean he was sensational yeah he was that that
0: game was yeah it was his <laughs> crowning achievement at Roma unfortunately because it was a terrible game but but that was it that's um and then it just fell apart and yes I I think A lot of it has to do with the defense, with with Di Francesco's uh, uh, sort of positioning of the defense. But at the same time, did not show any sort of growth in the latter stages when it mattered most. And we played a a Champions League quarterfinals against uh, Porto with a keeper that was terribly insecure of himself.
1: Yeah. Um, What about Mirante? I gave him a seven
0: uh Mirante I would I would give him a, a 6.5 I think I think you know it's he was he was just a, a, a he's a decent goalkeeper and um who I think overachieved because he was constantly compared to his uh to the starting goalkeeper and and then obviously Ranieri's Defensive mindset, maybe the the fact that the defense was standing a couple of steps back helped a lot in that. um But Mirante obviously immediately showed more communication skills, showed more determination, uh and never showed you know lack of confidence, even if he stepped on the pitch very late in the season, even as a starter. Before I think he had, I think he made only that appearance against against Putin. Um I'm not I'm I'm not sure, but yeah, but so that was very late into the season, and he did not miss a, a, a beat, and it was um, and great to have him. I think I think Roma um, can still profit for him from him for another year. Uh, I think he would be okay if you, if Roma, it depends what they want to do with the next goalkeeper, if they want to invest in a promising youngster. I think Mirante can be still reliable for another year.
1: All right, so since we both agree then that Mirante did relatively well this season, we agree just slightly on the rating. Many have suggested that Roma should, given that there's more than likely, which there will be um financial constraints in the summer, would you be comfortable keeping him as the number one choice for an additional season, or do you think they need to move him back to his role as a second choice if things were to go wrong, bring him back? But where are you with him? would you would you would you keep him in this role or would you feel more comfortable with him as a second choice?
0: um definitely i I, I definitely would would uh... I would try to utilize him for another year because um, we know that Romar, under financial constraints, Cranio just uh, renewed his right. contract. I don't yeah. know if people realize that he has five more years of contract uh, on Cagliari. That doesn't mean that he will stay there five years, but still. Uh, and and the price is, you know, Serie A and, and young goalkeepers especially, I just don't know if, if how Roma how much money Roma can spend on that goalkeeper role. And if they find something or someone young and cheap, and I'm still curious to know what Fusato is all about. Um, but at the same time, I can see us still playing Mirante just another year because this is not a, an Olsen uh, sort of phenomenon. We've seen Mirante at Bologna. We've seen him in the past. Not a phenomenon, not a great goalkeeper, not a good goalkeeper, just a decent goalkeeper who does his job. And if Roma are, are going to re- restructure this whole team, then I don't see why you move away from him, um, especially when you have limited finance, you know, and, and it's it's going to be tough. And the prices in Serie A, especially for, for young goalkeepers or Italian goalkeepers are through the roof. Um so uh, let's give him another go.
1: Yeah, I agree. Given, because in my, in my opinion, this is another thing we can debate. But um, for me, I, I mean, when you look at the starting formation that we saw yesterday, I mean, I, I would change <laughs> seven, maybe eight players. I, I think there's just so many names that have to be changed. If there's, if there's a piece that you can keep that is already there, and you're not going to drop in level. I would absolutely give him another shot. So, yeah, I agree with you. So, let's go to right back. Right back now. We have Florenzi, Karsdorp, Santon. For me, uh, none of them were above a six. I gave Karsdorp a five just because in in moments we saw him, I thought he was okay, but he's never available. It's two seasons now. He's not available. Florenzi I gave a five and a half just because I think again he he did not have a good season and then Santon I also gave a five and a half
0: I agree yeah I mean I I agree I I think um I think I would still give uh, Santon five and uh I also give five because just because I had high hopes for him and you could see glimpses of something but He's never available. When he's available, uh, we 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 suffered tremendously on the right side. I I think even more even more than with Florenzi, um, because just Karsdorp, you could see him struggle with the defensive side of the game. Just not used to uh, the physical. Just physical wingers. Uh, like, if you want to watch a disaster class from Terzino, go watch uh, the Roma game against Kievo where basically Carbsdorff got abused um, yeah. if, as a substitute. And it was just terrible to see. But that's that's the big problem. Santon as well started off great. Then just the physical aspect of it. I mean, we've had so many injuries and Santon was never really available in the latter stages of the season, sort of turning into this dead weight. And and Florenzi, I agree, it's five point five. But I want him to be so much more. And especially now that he's going to be the next captain. And it, this season did not give me hope. It it just did not. It sort of it 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 it, um, it reaffirmed a lot of my worries and and problems with him in that role. Now. It all depends. He he definitely cannot play right back in that four-man defense. Cannot he? Just no, cannot no, do it. No. Now, right, 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 and and that's if if a guy like Gasperini, if Gasperini is really to come to Roma, I think that's another player that may benefit from Gasperini mm, because just because Gasperini doesn't play that way, doesn't just doesn't utilize his players that way. And I'm sure he would identify uh, that issue with Florenzi, which is baffling to me because so many coaches haven't in these last couple of years. I mean, I mean Spalletti, uh, even and Di Francesco, I, they just did not address that issue, even though in numerous games he was the weak link, um, mm-hmm. and it's just it's too bad.
1: I, I mean, we saw it yesterday, yeah. <laughs> That looked uh, Parma did the Roma uh, 2013 2014 edition where they would just hoof the ball to Jarvino and just <laughs> say right. okay yeah get Go. get, a, get us it. a goal right. and I hate to say it but Florenzi was abused at times uh, yesterday and to me it just reaffirmed what we've known for a while now which is he he's not a fullback and yeah hopefully somebody comes in to 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 change things. All right, let's go to Central Defender now. We got Marcano, Juan Jesus, Fazio, Manolas. This was a really tough one because I'll get into this with we, um, we There was quite the the lively debate I got into this morning with a few Roma supporters and a good friend of both of us, Paulo DiCaro, right, right. Um, yes. about some of the ratings. And, and for me... It, it it's really difficult, particularly in defense. And you brought this up with Minante, Um Difficult for me to judge Fazio because anybody could just go listen to the podcast we made. I mean, you and I both Jesus. were very, very... Yeah, yeah, yeah we, man, we, we, we were very, 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 very critical of his performances. But uh, Ranieri arrives, and he looks like the player we've known from the last uh, few seasons. So, you have – this is a real problem and, and obviously why Roma made a, a managerial change. But you have just these drastic um, levels of performance between the before and after Di Francesco. So, bear in mind, I, I mean, this is over the full season. So, I don't know where – again, This this may sound extremely harsh – I gave uh, Marcano a five. I gave Juan Jesus a five. I gave Fazio a five and a half, and I gave Manolas a five and a half.
0: Yeah, I pretty much agree. I mean, it's uh, as you said. It's, I mean, Fazio under Di Francesco this season. Uh, it looked like one of the worst center backs I've ever seen because yeah, because yeah, it, it, there was not one single thing he did right. He was slow. Was terrible with the ball at his feet, surprisingly, because that was one of the few qualities sort of that he was known for, and and was just getting disrespected by everybody. I mean, he. I remember there was a. I'm not sure if it was against uh, Virtus Centella or some just some other team, maybe maybe Forzilon. I don't know, but against lower teams, he struggled against lower teams, and then Ranieri comes on. And tells him just do your thing, stay back, don't go up to the midfield line, just chill, man, chill. And and he did that, and it was very dominant. So I give him a five, uh, just because you know I was you, I, I I would give him a zero for the first half of the season. Um, Juan Jesus five point five because I don't have any expectations for for Juan and 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 sort of <laughs> no expectations and. Um, and and Marcano as well. I think uh, Marcano is just a five. I don't even five point. It's just difficult. These are this is a guy who you didn't have any expectations. Did not think that this was a guy who would come here and be the next maldier or something. And we remember terrible performances. But then I remember that game where he played left back under Ranieri, which was great. He did great, and um, that's always funny to see these players that spring up out of nowhere with these performances. And Manola's finally 5.5 because he can do so much better, and he can be so much Mm -hmm. better, and and, uh, just uh, is also one of those players that this year did not benefit from and just seemed to remain at the same spot.
1: And very quickly, before we move on to the midfield, I saw you tweet it out as well, just right after I published it on the website, but uh, Di was saying uh, Manolas, Kolarov, Dzeko... Um, right. Putting Manolas in there as names that are most likely to leave Roma. First. Those are the first names, ju- yeah. Yeah, so, so what would you think if just... Uh, so just taking them piece by piece, how would you feel if Manolas left? Because... For me, I, I again, I, I would hate to see him leave um, leave Roma on this sort of note on such a bad performance. It almost uh, it's one of those things that leaves like a bad a bad taste in your mouth.
0: Yeah, yes, it's like uh, it's like nine Golan leaving Roma after that yeah. red card yeah, against Juve, yeah. Um where he just he got he got thrown out of the game, and then uh, against Sassuolo uh, he wasn't there, um, and that was that was it. I think you know, I, I told you Manolas is uh, is a player that I like, and I always liked sort of his attitude. Sometimes he would get on my nerves because of all the this drama about, you know, oh my God, this guy kicked me. I'm going to fall down and start crying and pretending like I'm dying, Um, which is, you know, an act. And and he's known for it. But you just just love to see him play for us. And um, I I think it's an inevitable sale. And I'm sort of, I've accepted it. Um, I wouldn't be surprised or I wouldn't be, you know, uh, just if he stayed. But... It's, I think he's, he's good. He's good on a, on a, for a team like Roma. He's very good. But if you look around, I'm pretty sure you can find interesting pieces that can uh, s- sort of do the same job, similar. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, a 36 million euros release clause, um, his contract has already amortized. So he is full plus Valenza if he is sold for that release clause i um, if it is truly Roma, which I've been told is right around 53 million and plus Valenza, um, I mean, selling Manolas, I mean, that gets you pretty close. Um, and as you said, I, um, it does leave a bad taste in your mouth. But I, I almost wonder how, um, especially for a system like if it is Gasparini, it's hard to do these ratings. Well, not hard to do the ratings it's hard to discuss if you want to keep a player or not without knowing who the, who the manager is going to be. Right. Um, right. I, I I don't know um, how Manolas fits Gasperini because we all know the type of defenders he likes, um, especially when you consider the the likes of Mancini, Caldara. I mean, Ma- that is not Manolas that, that it, he does not possess those qualities at all. So uh, just from that standpoint, I, I could understand if he were to leave. Um, I want him to leave not particularly but I, again I, I I won't be I won't be devastated if he does um I, I can really see both sides of it so um I I do agree with you in that respect I I do think just in my opinion I do think he's going to be the one one of the one of the names that does leave but we'll see how that ultimately goes now we go to left back where we have colored and I guess we could throw Luca Pellegrini in there. I mean, he didn't play a whole lot uh, before going on loan to Cagliari where he's played fantastic, by the way, I have to add that. Right. True. We're Going to throw those performances in there. I mean, he, he, he certainly gets a better rating. Um it It was interesting because obviously you have the goals, but it was very, very clear. His legs are almost close to gone. No, don't you don't you agree with that? I gave I gave him a six, and and some might find that a little too high.
0: uh, I remember Kolarov and Fazio were the two guys we constantly uh, picked on in the first part of the season, and we just—I I I mean—I remember some of the games where Kolarov and Fazio together made so many disasters and caused led their errors led to so many goals and. Kolarov, look, Kolarov is, is a very important piece to this Roma team. Uh, his contribution last season was, you know, you can't speak highly enough of it because he was truly the engine to the team. This year, not so much, uh, even though he has eight goals, uh, which is crazy considering he's, his age and his position. And at the same time, you know, going for, if I had to rate his season going forward, I would probably... Give him a, a, a six point five compared to la- compared to last mm-hmm. year's seven point five going forward, but mm-hmm. his overall yeah. game this season i five point five because it, his contribution going forward did not amend the the errors the mistakes the the insecurity that he provided at the back and in some of the key games in in some of the key games where you think. His experience, his veteranship, his his leadership uh, would change something. It did not change anything. Mm-hmm. I, a lot of yeah. times, when the corner at corner kicks or something, he would lose the man. Uh, he would just with a fast, pacey winger, he would lose sight of him very easily. So, and it's it's sad to see because he, I think he's a brilliant player, and I love these two years of him at Rome. I think it's a great story of uh, Laziale playing yeah. for Roma in his, yeah. the latter years of his career. But I don't, I can't see him returning for one more year. I just don't think he can sustain the tempo.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think so either. And, and part of me, um, he's another guy who's a very divisive player who we debate about, but I wonder what... Could his level have been more, had Diego Perotti been there more consistently? Because we saw how... It was amazing, the overlaps we saw between those two the previous season. And I, right. I, I just wonder if that had something to do with his, with his dip in performance. We don't have to give a rating on Luca Pellegrini. I mean, he only made, I think it was like six or seven appearances. Uh, I mean, just based
0: off those, I gave him a five and a half just because... No, I give him a five because I remember okay. the the game against Posen, where where he got what a red. I knew card. you were going to
1: bring. I had that written down, but he did good against Empoli when when he started Roma. Yeah. Uh, they won right,
0: right, and then what did he do against Spal? You know, it's uh, he, he caused yeah. a, a stupid tiki tac foul, which sure you can call it whatever you like it, but it's again it was one of those young young youngsters mistakes and it's fine it's just that if you compare it to what he showed at Cagliari it's a much much inferior season so sure. I think I think there is a lot of hope for him I think that he has so much talent uh especially going forward he's he's fantastic as he has this motor in his legs um and he's one of the guys that I would I truly think would benefit greatly from from coaching under Gasperini but I also think he would benefit greatly if he would just be left at Cagliari for one more season
1: yeah I think you can make the case for either all right let's get into the most fun part the midfield where every I I have yet to see anybody agree on this so this this will be interesting so we got in Zonzi Cristante Chordich, but we're not going to rate him Lorenzo Pellegrini Zaniolo Pastore all right, let me start with Inzonzi, who, without question, will probably be the most divisive one of them all. Right. Um, I thought, A, he was utilized terribly by Eusebio Di Francesco, and B, the player that we saw under Dan Yeti for me, and maybe people disagree with that, that is the real Inzonzi. I thought Inzonzi was one of the most important pieces in these final two months, his performance is raised to a much higher level. I don't think anybody could debate that. So, just going based on the full season, going, I'm not rating him strictly on these last two months. If it was just on these last two months, I'd give him a six, six and a half. Um, but as for the full season, I gave him a five and a half. What do
0: you say? I say five and a half. Huh. I say yes. I say five and a half because I and and it's a light five and a half, it would be closer to a five actually, but just because of the expectations and um it, you know, it's, I just, I just maybe expected something more of him uh, character wise, you know, you, he's a dominant player. He can be a very dominant player. And we saw that under Ranieri where he was basically uh, just a, a giant in the midfield um yep. when positioned yep. right uh, in that, in that role. Um, but, but at the same time, he just didn't express that, uh, char- he wasn't charismatic enough. And that's, that's, you know, that's a big flaw for him this season with the Roma team that struggled. You, you need those charismatic players because that's what we were saying about the Rossi, even when his, even when his performances are, are pretty shitty, he still all, like, always gave his all and, and showed it, showed it. He showed it and he was never afraid to show it and that he truly cared about it. And sometimes when Zonzi would be having a stinker, which is most of the time in the first part of the season, you'd wonder if he even cared about it. And um and that's too bad because I think the just the, the overall mentality of this team was was low mainly due because of that, because a lot of those important figures in the team just didn't have enough of charisma, enough of sort of le- leadership. And, um, you know, I think he can be a great, great player. Um, if if Gasperini comes in, I think he's gone. But the, the latter in Zonzi was something special.
1: Um, the next divisive name will also be Cristante. I gave him as well a five and a half. I thought... I thought he wasn't as bad as people made him out to be. I thought he was um, what would you call it? I thought he was made a scapegoat at times.
0: Right, right, yes. And I, I, I mean, I remember perfectly uh, the first, the first couple of months. He really struggled to sort of get into the starting eleven, and he would often come as, come on as a substitute in in uh, in that ten role, which under Di Francesco wasn't really a ten role. It was just. It was very chaotic, and I think that for him was a big change. And Then suddenly, um, I don't remember who got injured—if it was Pellegrini or De Rossi or maybe both—and suddenly he found himself uh, starting in that central midfield role, way in the back, along along with Nzonzi. And it it just wasn't him. But at the same time, remember in in December, November, December. Had a stretch where he scored like four goals. Um, yeah, and I, probably think,
1: the most important player during that time, the, right?
0: Right. I remember for those a month and a half, two months, he was really doing something good, and I I could see growth in him and in that position. I I thought his game against Zeska Moskva um, in Moscow was was one of the reasons why why we we managed to win there uh, because he truly looked like. Just very confident, and and but then in the latter part of the year, it sort of disappeared with with all the with all the uh, just insecurity, the team just falling apart. Di Francesco losing it, but at the same time, I think if I'm not mistaken, he's the only player in the whole roster, uh, maybe along with Fusato, I'm not sure, who did not get injured this season. Yeah. That, that, yeah. So that, that says a lot about him as well. I think, I think, as you said, use this as a scapegoat. Use this the wrong way. He's still young. And look at the numbers. Four goals. You know, that's not bad for a guy who most of the uh, uh, time played way, way in the back. Um,
1: as for the rest, I give De Rossi a six, uh, Pellegrini a six, Zaniolo a six and a half, and, a, and uh, Pastore four and a half.
0: Right. I agree. I thought, I thought Pellegrini, Pellegrini, when it was his day and in in that stretch from, I think, uh, what was it, October till January, December, January uh, uh, was, was something truly to behold, just a force. And it was great to see him finally get his uh, comeback after that un- disappointing season from uh, a year ago. But then again, those injuries, and I think a lot of these these ratings should have an asterisk to them because the injuries, man, they they ate this team alive. And I think the Rossi also, the Rossi was so important. And in that game against Napoli, remember we we went up one nil, the Rossi goes down, out for two or, two or three months. And we, we conceded, and, and it was the going downhill. And it just, we never found a steady just vibe to that midfield without him.
1: Um, all right, let's go to the attack just to end this here. We have Clivert, Under, El Shadawi, Pedalti, Djeko, Schick. So I gave Clivert five and a half. I gave Under five and a half. I gave El Shadawi seven, Pedalti five, Djeko five, Schick five what about you i give uh, i give shick a
0: four i give Schick a four because oh, wow. because it was um i had high hopes and this, i thought this could be his season and then it came that game against Virtus centella and we all know Virtus centella is nothing special but at the same time back those two goals and i thought he was in for something and then he never managed to utilize the few opportunities he received. Obviously, he did not benefit from uh, Di Francesco handling him. So that was a big negative. Um, and then Under, I thought, you know, we don't have to, you know, my opinion on Zeko, you know, my opinion on El Sharawi. I thought he did great this season. Best um,
1: player of the season, in, right, in my opinion.
0: Right. Same. Uh, but at the same time, I think Under deserves a six. Uh, if you look at the numbers and you look at the few minutes he played compared to last year, even i mean the guy was out for i think two and a half months three um and and still contributed to this team and as you said, I think perotti is is just a ghost but but if healthy he's one of those play- he's one of the few dangerous players that we have. For me,
1: he's one of those guys who can make the case for one way or the other. I I, I I, think he'll leave, but I wouldn't be surprised if he stayed. I just can't imagine he has another season like this where it just goes so poorly. So I, I think he could be an asset. Uh, particularly, I, I actually do think he could play that role, maybe not as well as a goal scorer, but I do think he has some of the qualities that Papu, Papu Gomez at Atalanta. Um, I do think Perotti can rack up the assist. There's no doubting that. Now, Whether or not he has a goal-scoring ability as Papu, uh, nobody's going to debate that. It's a no, but the assists he can do, and I think he would actually fit pretty well in a Gasparini. So the number that you give this season, just to end this, uh,
0: four, five, (laughs) I gave him four and a half.
1: I give it a four. I give it
0: a four okay. and I'm, I'm being, I'm, I'm very, I'm being very generous. Ginger- that probably is generous,
1: generous on both of our parts. Actually. Yeah,
0: I think it's generous. I think it's 3.54 because it just was excruciating. I think it's a four because of, of, uh, I'm still sort of, um, sweet, uh, about it due to yesterday's farewell, which I liked very much. So I'm, I'm sort of in a good mood, although it was heartbreaking, but still a good mood. Um, it just – man, it's – you don't want to – I don't want this I, – I don't want this to repeat itself. I just uh, – whatever comes next, please just not let. – don't let it be another season like this one because this was atrocious.
1: This was atrocious. But as I said, the, the good thing is we all agree on that. There's no debating that it was a poor season. Nobody can deny that. So um, this is going to be one of the few times that we all uh, – because in, in the football world it's difficult to find right we people to agree together. on the color right. of the of, of the sky, so right. the fact that we can, the we fact that we together, can all agree yes. that this yeah, come together and agree that this was a poor season is uh pretty telling and just shows that this was way below expectations so uh we'll we'll end it there, everybody as always thank you so much for listening um throughout the entire season you you've been with us uh the highs the lows the the laughs the the I won't say crying but I'm sure many of us <laughs> and eternally... I also
0: want to take this opportunity to uh, thank you John for giving me this opportunity to, to sort of talk people through this season which uh, wasn't the best of stars but it was still something I'm, I'm really grateful for this opportunity I enjoyed it very much and I also enjoyed the interactions with all the listeners and it uh, wasn't the best of seasons but you know uh, let's hope for something better in the future
1: yeah, absolutely. And trust me, having you on here has been, has been awesome. It's, uh, people get tired of hearing me and I think we good at, have a good back and forth. We, we, we think a lot similarly at times, and then we disagree and it makes for, I think, interesting content. And hopefully people agree with that, but we're, we're not going anywhere. I just wanted to take this time to thank everybody for listening. Cause it's, uh, while the, while the, the results haven't gone our way, um, this has been sort of like our outlet to, to vent and to get our emotions. Right. I mean, I mean, and... you
0: had, a, you had a baby for Christ's sakes this year, this <laughs> season. I mean, we've gone through a lot, man. We've gone through a, an important chapter in all of our lives.
1: Yeah. And again, I, I'm just going to repeat, if this was the, the, the worst season you've endured as your time as a Roma fan, just consider yourself lucky, but they will be back. We will all be back. I know it's a little heartbreaking as of now, but trust me, it, it it can only go up from here. I know it doesn't feel that way, but it can. Because this was be really, really bad, especially relative <laughs> to expectation. Yes. So uh, we will be back, as I said. We're not just because there's no matches. We're not going anywhere. We'll be back talking about the transfer market, sporting director, manager, um, all that good stuff that is going to be coming. And De in- Rossi's future. Yes, yes. And the Rossi's future. So we will be back. Uh, as usual, we're going to keep the same schedule that we've had, a couple of podcasts per week. So uh, we're going to sign off now. Again, thank you, everybody, for listening, for liking, retweeting, all that good stuff. It means everything to us. Uh, and until next time, ciao.